welcome to Music Made Me, the Tune Chord Podcast. I'm Stephanie Flam, and I'm going to be your host on today's episode. Today, we're going to take a deep dive on a topic that is way more complicated than it may seem to most people, and that's holiday releases. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's, Yule ceremonies, whatever holiday you celebrate, there's a ton of music coming out around this time of year, and we want to give you all the information you need to get your holiday music out on time and how to stand out in a sea of old Lang Syne covers. Uh, so with us to talk more about this is Ryan from, TuneCore, uh, from the TuneCore Content Review team. Ryan's going to help us cover all of the logistical details with making sure your release gets delivered to stores on time. And we also have Elizabeth Chan, founder of Mary Bright Music. Over her career thus far, Elizabeth has composed, written, and produced hundreds of original holiday songs. She's been nominated for a Streamy Award for her original work, A Christmas Song, was a finalist for the International Songwriting Competition, and her song, Fa La La, hit number seven on the Billboard Adult Contemporary Charts in 2013. And uh, so, hey, guys, welcome. How's it going? (laughs) Good. Um, And just before we get into questions, I want to point out that we know it must seem way, way, way early to be talking about the holidays. We're recording this on October 5th, so we know. (laughs) Uh, But iTunes gets a huge influx of new releases around the holidays, and when you combine that with office closings and everything, there can be massive delays on your release if you don't get it out on time. So just a heads up uh, before we start, the deadlines for iTunes this year If you want to get your release live before November 17th, or between November 17th and December 1st, you have to distribute by November 7th. Uh, For releases going live between December 2nd and December 8th, you have to distribute by November 14th. December 9th and December 22nd, you have to distribute by November 28th. And anything between December 23rd and January 7th, you have to distribute uh, before December 12th. So we're also going to be sending out an email about that, but you should definitely mark your calendar for those dates if you're planning on releasing music during that time. So getting into questions. Uh, Elizabeth, you've built your entire music career around holiday music. I mean, you're the self-proclaimed queen of Christmas music. I am. Um, Not so self. It's some crazy person <laughs> called me that, and I like I liked it. No, but it really is like you you Google Elizabeth Chan Mary Bright music, and it's just Christmas everywhere. It's watch awesome. out, Mariah. <laughs> uh, so, what made you want to take on such a kind of niche corner of the music industry? Well, actually, um, when I was seven, I really wanted to write Christmas music, and I still have some of my original, um, you know. Uh, child journals and like sketch pads and I would write uh, poems about snow and Santa Claus and it was something I've always loved Christmas music and I remember whenever my dad would um, take out the family uh, video recorder he, I would always say okay now it's Christmas song time even <laughs> though it's like the summertime and so it's just something I've always wanted to do and 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 I was always told that I couldn't there was no real career for Christmas music, so I, I kind of left that idea back when I was seven. And, um, you know, as I got older, I um, embarked on my career, and I was working in media, and I uh, was working at Condé Nast, and I remember I was really successful, and I, my name was in the New York Times for things that I did at Condé, and I was, like, so, like, great on paper, but I felt so hollow and so empty, and I had kind of like that quarter life crisis that a lot of people have. And I, you know, went back into my life and I thought about what is the one thing that always made me happy? What is the one thing that I've always wanted to do? What is one thing that 
whenever I, I'm around it, just makes me a better me. And that was always Christmas music. Like whenever Christmas music comes on, I'm just a different person. And so I, I took that as my cue and I quit my job at Conde and I said, I don't know how, but I'm going to write Christmas music. And that's how I did it. <laughs> that's how it got done. And so. Merry Bright Music is like you guys license, you write yep. original songs. Yep. And we, um, you know, just recently I did an arrangement for Five for Fighting. Uh, he had a TV special and I uh, arranged his first uh, song in that TV special. So I work with other artists, um, retailers and, um, you know, anyone who wants to kind of create a sonic environment around holiday music. Um, but mostly it's like licensing and obviously it's releasing my original music every year. Um, so I've been very blessed to have, uh, you know, many songs hit the Billboard charts every Christmas season. It's, But I'm like Santa Claus, no one really cares <laughs> until November, which is late to release your Christmas music. <laughs> so don't try that. Uh, but, <laughs> I know. mean, like me and my my roommate both really love Christmas. And so it's like as soon people are like, Halloween, Halloween. And I'm like, Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like October 5th and it's Christmas time. Not Pum- quite. But. Pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> equal Christmas. <laughs> um, awesome. So as somebody who has a ton of experience releasing and promoting holiday music, when do you usually start working for your peak season? So honestly, I release most of my Christmas music um, very early. Like way before these deadlines you even uh, mentioned here uh, at TuneCore, I I'm usually working on records by February the year oh my before. God. <laughs> I do. I work on the records February the year before, um, and my marketing and distribution plans usually start around uh, the summertime. By Labor Day, I already know the release dates and everything that you know. I, I need to prepare for my label to release anything that we are planning on releasing for that year. And when, uh, in terms of like PR, like when do you start reaching out to radio stations or when do you start? In the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. So well before Labor Day. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, So this is a question for Ryan. What do you think the biggest mistakes are that you see uh, people make that could delay the release from going live? I mean, aside from what we already discussed, which is distributing too late right right yeah that's a good question there's you know there's a bunch of things that can come up but uh i'll just cover a couple of the really big ones me personally from what i've seen uh, if i had to just pick one i would say probably um we refer to it as just mismatches between the artwork and the metadata so pretty much that means anytime you've got information written on your artwork that is different from what you enter into the metadata that could mean the title of your album. Let's say I have an album called 12 Very Special Christmas Songs on the artwork, but then in the metadata I type in 12 songs for Christmas. That's something that'll get flagged and slow down your release just because stores won't know which one's the actual title. Uh, But it also applies to artist names too. Let's say I call my group The Carolers, but then I only type in Carolers, or I just spell Carolers with two L's on the artwork, one L in the metadata. Stuff like that can slow down the release. But there's a couple other things. So um, one that almost seems a little bit weird the first time you hear about it is uh, um, just using the word album, which seems a little odd because we in the digital community use the term album all the time, but stores will see that as a reference to a physical album. So that's something that'll definitely slow down your release if you write album on the artwork or type it in the metadata. So you want to be careful about that. Um, 
On a similar note, um, just referencing original releases when you're covering a song. So, for example, if you're covering Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, you want to be careful not to type in as the title of the song, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. You can't see what I'm doing air quotes with my fingers right now. Um, but Which, yeah. by the way, is very tough to get permission to cover that song. Yes. FYI, mm-hmm. don't try it <laughs> unless you have a billion dollars. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough with covers, and if you do get permission to do a cover, you just want to make sure that you're formatting it properly in terms of using the original artist's name, or rather not using their name. Um, another thing that seems a little counterintuitive at first is just time-sensitive information. I know around the holidays, the holidays literally are dates on your calendar, so you want to reference in relation to the holidays. It can be really hard to not write on your artwork coming out, Christmas Eve or whatever date you choose, but you want to be careful because any time-sensitive info that you put on there, stores are going to have problems with that. Uh, Just pretty much a good way to look at it is any info that feels like it's going to be outdated six months, a year down the line. So that could be just the phrase coming soon. It could be a calendar date that you put on your artwork. Um, New for Christmas. Exactly. New is a very common one. Um, Yeah, stuff like that. Um, And then... Another really big thing is, um, which is sort of a broader topic, but just in general, um, you want to make sure that you're formatting your artist names clearly in terms of just one full artist name per artist field when you're entering it. Um, So there's a lot of ways where you can get tripped up without knowing that you're going to get tripped up with this. So um, one common thing is, let's say I've got a track I'm putting out and I've got three featured artists. if I accidentally enter all three of those featured artists into a single featured artist field, that's something that's going to get flagged and slow down my distribution process. You want to make sure they're all listed separately. Um, other things you want to not have extra info. So let's say Stephanie's playing guitar on my track. I don't want to write Stephanie parentheses guitar um, because that's something that'll slow it down. Also, just extra aliases like if Eminem is on my track I don't know how I would get Eminem Eminem Christmas song I would love that brilliant (laughs) let's make a note of that yeah Um, but yeah I wouldn't want to write Eminem quotes Slim Shady because that's something that sort of have problems with (laughs) unless he said go for it in which case get his signature and send it our way I want to hear that but yeah um, and then the last note for artist names is just consistent formatting in terms of spelling um if I'm if I'm rapping on a release featured on a couple tracks and I go by MC Ryan, but sometimes I put lowercase MC, sometimes I do uppercase MC, uh, sometimes there's no space between MC Ryan, sometimes there is stuff like that is going to slow down your use. So just consistent formatting in terms of artist names. Those are probably the biggest things I would say. Awesome. And this might seem like uh, kind of textbook stuff that you can see on our help page, but it's all like. Just a friendly reminder that we are all human beings that work at TuneCore and we also spend the holidays with our families or eating turkey or... And honestly, Christmas waits for nobody. Christmas waits for... Mm -hmm. No. Christmas and Thanksgiving wait for... Santa waits for no one. Not even you or your TuneCore release. But like, yeah, we we also have holiday closures in our office. So uh, CRT delays are going to affect you on both sides. Um, so make sure to avoid them. Something that I also, this is a little bit of a curveball question for Ryan, oh, um, for is a lot of holiday releases are compilations. Um, so 
Uh, one that I can think of is um, that is that we distribute through TuneCore is uh, Broadway's Carols for a Cure, um, mm-hmm. and that usually has the entire Broadway cast of each show. And so, like, adding when is it okay to have like twenty featured artists? Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good question. So I actually um, we like if you've got an album and you've got a lot of featured artists, we like to see them listed out as featured artists as opposed to the flip side, which is them being listed as primary or main artists. Um, when you're uploading your release, you'll see language about asking you whether this is a various artists release. Um, so that sort of thing, if you've got a bunch of people performing, a note to keep in mind is uh, stores refer to albums as various artists albums when they've got four or more primary artists or main artists, whatever term you want to use, anywhere throughout the release. So that could mean that you and I are main artists throughout the whole album, but then we've got two more main artists on two different tracks within the album. So four or more, that's sort of the number to keep in your head. And once you hit that cutoff point, you're going to have to go in and select it as a various artist album. That means it's going to show up as various artists. Um, So if you want to not have that be the way your release is presented, then you want to just make sure that you're listing all these featured artists specifically as featured artists. Awesome. And anybody who's ever listened to Christmas music ever knows that there's (laughs) probably like 30 to 50 songs that every single person Mm -hmm. has covered. Um, So Elizabeth, most of your catalog, almost all of it is original music. It is. Um, So do you think that having original music helps you stand out from the tons of iterations of kind of iconic holiday songs? It does. Um, You know, I think a lot of people say that there are no new Christmas songs. And that is just a blatant lie because there are actually like hundreds of new Christmas songs that are released every year. Um, The thing that people really want are old Christmas songs. So if you think about it, like people always say, um, you know, the last new Christmas song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. That thing is 25 years old. <laughs> like it's older than like my brother. Poor Mariah. And you know what I mean? Like, I mean? That isn't a new Christmas song, people. That's an old one. So people are really saying that there are no old Christmas songs, which is not even true either, right? So um, I think that I've been very lucky to have the career that I've had um, with the kind of um, yeah, just support around my original Christmas music, which isn't, it's its not easy. I've just been very lucky. So um, I just had the right ears at the right time. Um, but it's definitely something that everyone should have an original Christmas song. So I, I think it does help you stand apart because God knows nobody wants to hear another version of um, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Oh, <laughs> like that is the creepiest song in the world. If I can give a pro tip to anybody listening out there, do not cover that song. It is just creepy. It's like more Halloween than Christmas. Yeah, but I, I mean, digress. If I see another think piece about why Baby, It's Cold Outside is the creepiest song. And ever. don't try to uncreepify it because if you try to uncreepify it, it just makes it worse. <laughs> So just 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 leave it alone, Santa baby too. Let's let's leave that somewhere else <laughs> in the box. So kind of a two part question related to iconic holiday music. Uh, for Ryan, a lot of iconic music. I know this is sort of opening a bag, a, a, not a bag of worms, a can of worms. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of iconic Christmas music falls under the public domain, um, and iTunes doesn't accept public domain releases. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the difference between 
uh, public domain compositions and cover songs? Right. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, definitely something that we uh, we confront a lot. So. As far as public domain goes, public domain is, it essentially refers to music that's considered fair use uh, through uh, by the general public. So there is a lot of legal nuance to this, like I think you were suggesting, but essentially in terms of intellectual property, a work is in the public domain if rights have either expired or been waived. Um, now, like I said, there's a lot of nuance to it, but timeframes for a copyright can vary depending on a lot of things, what the work is, who copyrighted it, and uh, when and where it was originally copyrighted, which is why it can get compl uh, complicated. But uh, I don't want to oversimplify things, but I guess the big takeaway that I would say is important is just because a track's been released to the general public, that doesn't make it public domain. In fact, to the contrary, most of the songs you've heard, re you've heard recorded over the past however many decades are in the public domain. Um, now, this doesn't mean you can't record a cover of them but so for example uh last christmas the wham song um is uh not in the public domain so you want to be careful about using specifically using audio record you know samples of that song that's going to be even trickier for you but if you're you can cover this song but if you're going to cover it you want to make sure that you're obtaining the proper license before covering it and even after you've done so um, certain stores will still choose, like you mentioned iTunes, certain stores have uh, the right to choose to just not accept public domain material at all. So you are able to cover public domain music if you get the license, but I would say the most important thing is probably just to do your research and look into whether this is a public domain song, look into where you want to distribute it in terms of which stores, and just get the license and be ready to provide the documentation because we'll likely ask you for documentation if you send it to us. Awesome. And that's even more reason to write original Christmas oh, music, yeah. which brings me back to Elizabeth, which by the way, if you hear, uh, we have an additional guest, if you can hear her in the background, <laughs> she's been very, very quiet and very great. Um, but if you do hear some background noise, uh, we do have an additional, uh, uh, an additional guest on mic. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's my it's my daughter Noelle, um, and then actually my upcoming album is actually called Songs for Noelle, which was a title that was chosen by my friends and fans um, on Facebook because uh, the album was recorded while I was pregnant, and I didn't tell anybody that I was, and so she was there the whole entire time. So the the entire album is curated for her. But back to the uh, original versus public domain yeah, songs. Yeah, so, uh, so what specific benefits have you seen as someone who writes and licenses original holiday music versus just covering usual Christmas songs? You know, it actually makes it easier to license the song when it's an original because you don't have to worry about all the hoops that you have to jump through in terms of getting licensing rights and permissions. So if, uh, say for example, you have a, a kick-ass cover of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas which would be very expensive, but if you should have such a thing <laughs> and you aren't like pentatonics or something, then, um, you know, you have to ask Mariah, hey, Mariah, can I use this in a movie? And she will most likely say no because she's Mariah <laughs> and, and she's the queen of Christmas, supposedly. But if, you, if I was a queen of Christmas, which I am, like, I'd let anybody <laughs> cover my music. So, um, so that's, that's just the extra hoop that you don't want when you're licensing your music. You don't want to be like have the rug pulled under from you because you didn't get the right permission and you lose out on a 
tremendous opportunity because you didn't. So um, that's why, you know, for me, that's why writing original holiday music, which is just a, you know, it's a byproduct of my whole goal to write a Christmas standard, but it makes it much easier for my partners to license. Yeah, and for those of you who aren't familiar with sync licensing, if I, for example, wanted to use music in a commercial and I was licensing something, I would need to get permission uh, for the master recording and the composition, which is what makes it more difficult um, because then you have to get the songwriter uh, involved. I remember I made it so easy that um, when I was approached by the Kardashians for their Christmas special, they like it was so easy to license. They licensed nine of them on the spot. That because it was so awesome. <laughs> easy, you know, because it, it we didn't have to. Because you're like, I am the only person that you need to <laughs> talk to. <laughs> well, let me ask the artist. Yeah, she says good. <laughs> let me ask the songwriter. Yeah, she's okay with it. So, you know, like, so it, it does make it uh, way more enticing to agencies and people that license music. Yeah, and, and also, like, with licensing it to agencies and stuff for background for commercials, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, every company has holiday-specific um has holiday specific commercials and you have to have holiday specific music, which uh, most people probably don't think when they're watching an Eminem's holiday commercial that the music behind it is not all I want for Christmas is you or last Christmas from Wham. Um, So do you think that that, that writing that specific music has uh, made it more enticing for people to license um, to license for background yeah, I mean, a lot of the clients that I get, they say that I can't get all I want for Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, Mariah has given me business because she doesn't give anybody business. So people always want something that sounds like that, you know, and then they'll they'll come to me and they, do you have something that sounds like that? And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Like, I really don't have a reggaeton version of Santa Claus is coming to town. If Although only. I would love, I would love, actually, I should, I should actually delete this. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I will have one by tomorrow. Um, but so, yeah, it, do, it does, it does make it, you know, that's, you should be looking for, you know, your unique perspectives on your Christmas music and you should not be inauthentic because agencies will smell that from a mile away. Awesome. Uh, so for Ryan, I mean, again, and we've said this already, but there are countless covers of the same 50 holiday mm-hmm. songs. Uh, so do the rules still apply when it comes to sampling instrumentals and beats? Uh, short answer, yeah. Um, so covers and sampling, you know, they they both require licensing, but it can be a bit trickier when you're sampling. So just to sort of lay a foundation for what we're talking about, uh, even though it's probably abundantly clear. But so sampling, you're using the actual audio from a recording, whereas covering, you're performing their composition, but you're recording it yourself. Um, So yeah, the same rules apply in terms of any sample that you're using, you need it licensed. A a good way that I like to, you know, think of it, a good rule of thumb is uh, anytime you're using audio that you didn't originally record, you're sampling something that somebody else recorded and so you're going to have to make sure that you're getting the proper licenses and that's something that we'll often double check with you even if you have the license when you send it to us just keep in mind maybe you'll decide oh i want to actually distribute this a little bit earlier uh, or start the process rather a little bit earlier just keeping in mind that we're going to have to double check just to make sure that all our t's are crossed and i's are dotted so to speak Um, and uh, just another note on that um, in terms of uh, sampling and whether it's in your best interest to sample or not, 
I'm a huge fan of music that uses samples, but I will say that it might be in your best interest to find ways around it. For example, if you're thinking of monetizing your music on YouTube, um, having a lot of samples in your music, even just having one prominent sample or one sample period in your music, if you decide you want to monetize it on YouTube. Or even sound-alike covers. Exactly. If you are really good at making a sound-alike cover, then it can blur the lines between whether you're sampling and you could just come across the same problems as if you were sampling. Um, and specifically with YouTube monetization, you know, it can cause a lot of problems on there and yeah. trying to, yeah. I've definitely gotten shut down by YouTube. Mm -hmm. I did a, a, a tribute to Taylor Swift and I mashed up Jingle Bells and, uh, Taylor Swift LLC or whatever corporation <laughs> of Taylor Swift, uh, people had pretty much shut that down. Were you sampling or was it? No, a no, no. I actually produced, um, like a, a, a music video that, um, took Shake It Off and then I added Jingle Bells to it and I did like this whole music video that was like an homage to her music video which I loved and um, it's not that they were like mean about it but when it comes down to money and licensing like I'm sure she doesn't even know about the video but mm -hmm. like the people that like count her dollars do and yeah. so they they definitely um, you know they didn't shut it down I'm, I'm, I'm like misrepresenting <laughs> just check out the video you'll see what I mean it still exists but like no dimes come my way. <laughs> and yeah. then it wasn't, it wasn't even the intent, but you know, um, you know, really being mindful of the rights, mm -hmm. um, and distribution is very important. Yeah. And very it's, important. and it's also with content ID, it's, it's all yeah. an algorithm. It's right. all a system. And so if you sound too similar to, if your cover of last Christmas sounds too similar to wham, they're not going to know the difference. And you don't make money. So right. try mm -hmm. writing original Christmas music <laughs> or holiday music. But be authentic. Be authentic. Be yourself. <laughs> um, and I guess kind of one last question to wrap everything up. Uh, Elizabeth, what would you say your biggest piece of advice is for standing out in such an oversaturated market? I'll say it again. Be authentic. <laughs> don't try to be Mariah. Don't try to be Nat King Cole. Don't try to be anyone that isn't you. As an artist, stay true to the, you know, story that you want to tell during the Christmas season and just be like yourself because that's how you'll stand out. I, I can't tell you how every year I watch tons of like major recording artists. They try to sound like what a Christmas song should sound like. And quite frankly, they all end up sounding the same. They all end up doing the same version of baby, it's cold outside. So just don't <laughs> do that song because like how many permutations do we possibly need in a lifetime? I mean, like really, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. So just be authentic, be original, be yourself. And that's like the, and that, that goes for any music. It doesn't even, that's not just like Christmas music. That's all music, you know? So I, I guess that's just my piece of advice for what it's worth. Yeah, I think people fall, you fall into a trap because you're like, I want to distribute, I want to like make a, an album of Christmas or holiday songs and like, because this is what people want. And yeah, so don't, these songs really you know, aren't my vibe, but like I'll do if it If you anyway. don't love Christmas, don't do it. Yeah. Because you, you people can tell like the person that did the song doesn't love Christmas very much. You know, like don't, just have an original thought. Like don't, just don't, as a musician, as an artist, don't do anything that isn't true to who you are because people can smell it from a mile away. You know what I mean? And, and that's not going to bode well for the time and effort that it takes to create music um, and distribute. Yeah. And wasting everybody else's time, like Ryan's. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, don't waste anybody's time. 
Ryan, do you have any advice just from a logistical perspective or you're also a musician? Do you have any advice from from that? Um, aside from recording a reggaeton <laughs> song, which Wait, I think is a really good I'm doing that tomorrow. Nobody <laughs> featuring Eminem. <laughs> yeah, hey, if you can get Eminem, like, send that to me personally. I want to hear that before it comes out. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just not to, you know, f- come full circle too much, but um just getting your music out earlier than you even think is early like how you were saying february you start working on it january is not too early Mm -hmm. just you know if you have it ready again it's october 5th and the home goods store across the street from our office already has christmas trees in it they're late then because it should have been out by august (laughs) i was listening to springsteen's uh Santa Claus is coming to town earlier today. No shame. So it's it's the season uh, whether you I'm realize sorry, it or not. What you weren't listening to my music? Uh, I'm out of here. Q I can't next. work under it's these. On I cannot work under these conditions. <laughs> awesome, Elizabeth. Do you have anything that you want to plug? A uh, new release? Yeah. So I um, first of all, I want to thank I want to thank TuneCore for inviting me here. Um, I definitely want to plug my new album, Songs for Noel. Um, it it's it streets on October twentieth. It was all dedicated to my newborn daughter who's been sitting here. Thank you, Noel. Very quietly, like so a little angel. <laughs> quiet. But yeah, I just wanted to, um, you know, just share that with everyone. And I would love to hear from anyone who needs advice on Christmas music or anything else. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Liz Chan Music or on my website. You can shoot me a note. It's LizChanChristmas.com. Awesome. Ryan, anything you want to plug? Uh, TuneCore. I mean, just to <laughs> distribute your music early is really, I'm going to just hammer that point home. But yeah, the earlier the better because we're eager to get it and we're eager to put it out. So yeah. If you're listening to this and you look at your calendar and it says mm, December, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And we want to hear from you guys so uh, so we can give you more of the stuff that you want to hear about. Um, so please rate us on iTunes, uh, write reviews, subscribe, and follow us on social media at TuneCore. Um, thanks for listening. I think we're going to close out with one of Elizabeth's songs, so enjoy. I, I want to deck the halls Fa-la-la-la-la-la And jingle all the bells It's a silent night Lovely for a ride Together on a sleigh All is calm and all is bright Whenever I hear a Christmas song You're always in You're always in my heart Whenever I hear a Christmas song You're always in my heart You're always in my heart Here comes Santa Claus Do you hear what I hear? The sound of silver bells Snow well. Snow well. 
Jingle all the bells